Can the dead visit us in dreams? And if so, what kind of information can they give us to help us on the other side? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We'd love to hear them. Of course, you can write it at realghoststoriesonline.com as well. If you want access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, uh, and the archive of episodes, which has the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories in it, uh, sign up to be an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs. You do that at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. Help us stay on the air. We greatly appreciate that. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Hey, Tony. Not a whole lot. No. Um, you know, just hanging out. And, keeping it real? Yeah, keeping it real and stuff. And that's about it. It's good. <laughs> I really don't have anything. I got uh, some gravestones in the mail this week. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, gravestones. Who doesn't get gravestones in the mail every now and then? Me? You know? I don't. Why not? They're really fun. I've never gotten a gravestone. Like a, like a for real big they one? They are so like fun to get in the, the mail. Halloween styrofoamy kind? Yes, it is. Uh, I, I, I found a guy on Etsy that makes them like from scratch and makes them really cool, like hand makes them. And I ordered a bunch <laughs> because I would do that. And I wanted you to know. get them before the season gets you know underway because they're going to have a demand on order. So I'm just kind of starting to plan my Halloween uh, scene for the uh, front yard. It's not. Okay. I'm, so it is Halloween related. Yes, it's all in planning. It's I'm not putting it out there yet. We, we have to get at least to September for that. But um <laughs> It's, uh, when do you decorate? Like, uh, it's like this year. I'm going to start in September. After Labor Day. After Labor Day. After Labor Day is when I'm going to do it, and uh, you know it'll probably yeah be in September, and yeah, and that's what I'm going to do. I have no one telling me I can't, <laughs> so I'm going to do Hell that. No. And we love Halloween, and it's yeah. I'd rather enjoy it for a little while. So yeah, and your daughter loves it. Yeah, so it'll be great, and. Uh, Got that. Just trying to think about what I want to do and how we're going to do it. We're making a graveyard. But I got some really cool gravestones. I'm really excited about them because they look like, legitimately real. What is real. it about them that you love so much? The size, the lettering, they okay. look they look very real. They look very much not like the ones you get in the, you know, three for $10 at Lowe's. Uh, these are very well done. It's like stuff you'd see at like, uh, you know, it's like a professional prop house made them. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm just going to up the game on the graveyard this year. And then we'll see what else I can come up with. How many, like when one buys tombstones like you do, <laughs> Yes. how many does one buy? I bought, uh, I think there's six regular ones. And then there's one that's kind of like the like square kind of um, tower type thing that looks like a, a statuesque type thing. And then I bought an entrance, like two like gate entrance things that uh, oh that's cool yeah so 
Yeah. It's uh it was one of those things where like I've been watching this, I've been wanting to get this. I'm like, I'm getting this. We're gonna make this really cool, but I get it better get it now. So uh I'm excited and I know a lot of people are starting to think about uh decorating for Halloween by the time this thing airs. We're getting closer and closer. The stores are getting their stuff out. That was uh well, yeah, that happened after Memorial Day or something stupid <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, I think the normal stores are around now is when it starts to come out, but yeah, like your craft stores had stuff in like yeah, Memorial Day. Yeah, I remember the first, the earliest I saw it a while back was when Harper was born, and I remember um, I had to run into like a, a big hardware store for something, um, and um, and they had Halloween stuff out, and I was like, oh, this is fun, and then I went back and you know saw Baby Harper, but uh, it was like like <laughs> like like Halloween stuff. It's a double win today. I get a child and the Halloween stuff is out at the store. This is everything a guy could this want. Everything I could possibly want or need. <laughs> so anyway. I have never in my life decorated for Halloween. You're missing I'm just gonna out. say that. I have never done one thing. I think I carved uh I mean maybe when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I car I did go to like one pumpkin carving party like twenty years ago. <laughs> We always, and, it's like the thing we always forget to get done is is carving the pumpkins because we're doing so many other things. And the funny thing is my friend and I went to this and it was a bunch of artists, like these really cool, hip people who do amazing art. Mm-hmm. Why we got invited to the party, I don't know. But my um, pumpkin, like their pumpkins were so freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's like a pumpkin. <laughs> Yeah. And that's probably why I haven't decorated or anything since. It like took it out of me. That's like funny. I can't. I can't. Ah, that's great. I can't compete with the cool kids. I did an Amityville pumpkin a couple years ago and that, that turned out pretty well. But the pumpkins that you know they only last so long and then it's like, okay. There's some pretty good fake pumpkins now that you can carve and they look pretty darn real. I'm all about trying to extend the life of the pumpkin. Yeah, because they don't last very long. Yeah, exactly. And my problem is I don't like the smell. Yeah, that's another big thing. I don't. I don't. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first one. It says, hey, guys, I'm addicted to Real Ghost Stories Online, and I'm so excited to share my story. I've only told these stories to people who are close to me, and I'm relieved to know other people experience similar dreams. I'm 54 years old and have lived my whole life in New Orleans. In Slidell, Louisiana. I come from a large family and we are all still here living in the same city. The first time I can recall having a visitation dream was in my late teens. My grandfather was in the hospital and we all knew it was not going to be long before he died. We left the hospital after visiting him and I went to bed shortly after getting home. I was in that semi-conscious state right before you really fall asleep. I opened my eyes and saw a black figure standing at the foot of my bed. It was just a shadow and only lasted a few seconds, but I knew it was my grandfather coming to tell me goodbye. Moments later, the telephone rang and I heard someone coming up the stairs. My mother entered my room, but before she could say anything, I said, I know, Papa died. He came to see me. We hugged each other and I went back to sleep. Another visitation dream happened when I was a young adult. This time it was my grandmother who had died at the age of 83 of heart failure. She passed when my oldest daughter was a toddler. This night was only time that she had ever visited. My daughter was about eight years old and she was sick with the flu. She was asleep in her bed down the hall from my bedroom where I too was asleep. 
In my dream, I remember my grandmother standing by the side of my bed. She was wearing a light blue flowered blouse that she always wore when she was alive. Her mouth did not move, but she just looked at me and told me I needed to go check on my daughter. I woke up and got out of bed and checked on my daughter. As I headed down the hall, I saw my grandmother kind of fade into the wall adjacent to my daughter's bedroom door. I went straight to my daughter and felt her head. She was burning up with fever. I woke up my husband and we checked her temperature. It was 104 degrees. We immediately put her into a tub of cool water and gave her medication to bring down the fever. She's fine by morning. I'm so grateful that my grandmother came to me that night to help my daughter who knows what might have happened if she had not. My most, memorable, my most memorable visitation dream was by my deceased father. My father was diagnosed with cancer when he was 65 years old. He fought the dreaded disease for two years until it finally took his life. During those years, my father and I became awfully close. I went to every doctor appointment, radiation treatment, and infusions. Every day I would visit him and we would watch TV together in my parents' living room. One night I got up to leave and he grabbed my hand as I passed his chair and stopped me. I said, what do you need, Dad? He told me that he loved me which were words he had difficulty saying. Even though I knew my father loved me, it touched my heart. With tears in my eyes, I said, I love you too. A few nights later, we were talking and I told him, you know, that I'm just like Mama. Promise me you'll come to let me know you're okay. His mother was very spiritual and sensitive to things. I'm just like her. He told me that he would. Well, it was about a month after he died before he came to me. I remember it was like, yet, like it was yesterday, even though 15 years have passed since he died. If you've ever had a visitation dream, you know the difference between a visit and just a dream. Visitation dreams are so real and vivid, like you're awake, but you're not. You remember every detail, not just bits and pieces of the dream. This night, I was asleep with my husband in our upstairs bedroom, and my daughters were asleep in their bedroom downstairs. I remember my dad coming. He was behind my headboard of my bed. He was healthy, not like he looked when he died after losing 100 pounds from the cancer. I was so excited. I was hyperventilating. I said to him, you came. Even though his mouth did not move, he said, I told you I would. I could feel his big smile, even though his lips did not move at all. I had so many questions. I could not get them out fast enough. I asked, are you okay? Where are you? He responded, I'm on level three. I did not know what that meant, but I did not ask and he did not elaborate. I asked, do I still need to pray for you? He chuckled and said, well, sure. That phrase is something he would say whenever I asked him questions he thought was silly. He'd then ask me, how's your mother? I replied, she's fine. She went to Michael's baseball game yesterday. He told me, take care of your mother. He then said, it's time for you to get to, up for work. I could hear my daughter's tiny footsteps coming up the stairs. I remember thinking, no, don't wake me up. I did not want to go, him to go. A few seconds later, my daughter was at my bedside and he was gone. He's not visited me since. I've had dreams about him, but never a visit dream. I miss him dearly and cannot wait for him to visit again. Thank you for hearing my story. I have other supernatural experiences that I'll share with you another time. Love your podcast. Well, shit, he's on level three. I guess this proves Scientology has something going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. I wonder how much he had to spend. Ah. The money. Yeah. Those are my favorite kind of stories, though, because it just kind of gives you some hope that because I've had that dream and she's so right mm -hmm. that that it's just different. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, when you woke up that you talked to him, mm -hmm. you know, you did. It's just like like you like like you and I are talking right now. I know we're talking. Yeah, it's that kind of real. 
which is different normally with a dream, you know, like you're flying or something. You know, there's sure. weird shit that happens. Of course. And I'd be in but, jail. Yeah. But I just those are just really, really touching to me. And and just that don't go away, don't go away, but they have to. Mm-hmm. Now I was watching the what's it called it was on i think it's on amazon prime it's the psychic uber driver or whatever <laughs> that's not the name of it but he's like a psychic rideshare guy oh my so people god get into his car and he's like what's your name how you doing today do you believe in psychics and some of them are like no and others are like yeah and he's like i'm a psychic and it's pretty fun to watch like i is he good or I mean, I like to think yeah. he's great. Like, I like to. I, I gotta watch I, this. I would like to, um, for it to all be real because I really believe in that sort of thing. And, I really, yeah, really do. I do too, and I believe there are certain people that truly, legitimately have that ability. I don't know if the psychic Uber driver does, but I haven't seen the show, so I'll he reserve just judgment. Share, so I don't know. Okay. He could be yeah. Uber. He could whatever. be whatever. But because because I did a bit on the radio years ago that sounded almost as ridiculous as that where people would call in and it was Chet Jameson, the bowling psychic, and people would call <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, well, who do you want to communicate with? And they'd like, Aunt Linda. Okay, hang on one second here. Let me take a bite of my nachos. And they'd like sound effects like I'm eating nachos. Hang on. That picture, I'll take a little bit more out of the picture, Linda. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, honey. Okay, I got the bowling ball. And then you hear like the sound effects of the bowling alley. I'm going to line up. And however the pins align themselves is going to tell me the message <laughs> that's not exactly from your loved one <laughs> and so like you make the sound effect of the bowling ball hitting the pens like okay i'm getting a is there a is there someone with a letter m in your life an m m n m and you you maybe like say three things and you're gonna get a hit yeah okay yeah and then and it's a it's a he she she he he yeah he yeah okay yes he and and okay and he wanted to he wanted to really let you know about that thing that was really on your mind. Yeah. And and you just be I did it as a as a spoof. I was not trying to, like, hurt people or anything like that. But I tell you what, it ain't hard to do that act and for people to believe it because I had people believing the act and it was blatantly a spoof and they thought they were communicating with God only knows who. And now, I, I have seen Teresa Caputo. Sure. Yeah. And she like, I'm like, okay, so if she's just randomly, cause she gets out literally in the audience mm-hmm. that awkward, like when people go to get a beer and you're yeah. like watching the show and everybody's kind of, kind of got to stand up or scooch over somehow mm-hmm. so you can get past. That's what she does. Like yeah. she goes through the rows like that and then she'll be like you over there. Okay. I'm coming. And she goes out of that row and up there, like she goes all over that theater and I'm like, man, she would have to have some people planted in there. And it, not saying that that couldn't well, happen. Planted or is but it, it feels so real. The thing is, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not discounting her. I'm just saying. I do, but I the, love her. I'm saying theoretically, here's how this could go. You're, oh, God, you're, yeah. You're doing a and live think show. think about the psychic Uber driver or whatever, the right yeah. chair driver. The thing about that also is that that can be edited you know it's oh, one completely. thing when you're in a room yeah. and Teresa Caputo's doing readings yeah it was like it but, was fascinating because she read the people 
one row in front of me and about three rows over and to watch them, you know, when somebody thinks sure. their mother just came through and the tears and like it, but does I'm she, like, Man, does she start is, by going, I'm getting uh, a name of this and, uh, and, and then, super and then a couple, and then, yeah. Okay. And then a couple more super specific things. Who is that? Who is that? Is that, and then is that how she finds so, the people? Oh, but there was times where people would raise their hand and then she'd be like, no, no, mm-hmm. it's not. No. So and here's, here's how I think somebody, that. Go ahead. But yeah, I could totally see how that could be done. Yeah. Um, and then not, that way. not necessarily putting fake people in the audience, but how many letters do you think she gets prior to a live event? No, that, but the that crazy say, thing is, and the seatbelt psychic was doing it. Too. Maybe that's the name of it. Seatbelt psychic, something like that. But the other, but his could be edited, you know, because yeah. with Teresa Caputo, I was in the room. Yeah. And so that was different because it can't be edited. It's live. It can't be. But if she like just read some of the letters and there was some, I really love to try and communicate with my uncle but Larry she, who died in a car crash in Oregon. Li- it wasn't like that. It was very specific things. Okay. Like, like she would say there's a car accident and they would be like, lots of people, right? Mm-hmm. Car accidents. And she goes, this was, they came around a corner and there was a sheep in the road. Or, okay. I mean, yeah. that wasn't, okay. I was in Ireland and that happened to me, but, um, but you know, it was super specific yeah. what she was asking. And then there'd be like, so she would get super specific really quick. And then there'd be like one person like mm-hmm. that was me. And, I, and I, I believe people can do that. I think there are certain ones. I just, I'm always like, just be cautious, you know, and look at how, look at how their method is working. Oh my God. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, but this guy yesterday when I was watching the, or sometime over the weekend, when I was been watching the show, um, like he was talking about people dying. And when you said the level three, he was like, you know, whoever this person was in this one episode, like, this person's very special. Like they went to this other level, like mm-hmm. that person who, you know, it's like this whole other thing. They're in the fucking VIP room. Like he, I think he <laughs> said it was like an angel and he goes, you know, the way, what I'm seeing is an angel and that's somebody who's really, and then he told somebody else. And this is something I've always kind of thought about that. The only thing that makes sense about living right now is that there's some reason and and what would make a reason is like you're here to experience something or learn something or mm-hmm. grow from something or relive something or a do over. I don't know. Yeah. But he said that like, you know, he told one person like, you know, you're here to experience this, whatever it was. I can't remember. And I'm like, some of that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like. Back in the day, like when I was young and smoking weed and looking for the meaning of life, like I read lots of books on that stuff. Sure. And I think especially when you're smoking a lot of weed, you know, it does make a lot of sense. But I just thought it was interesting and it made me think of him about the whole level three thing. Like he didn't just die. Like he went on. Like he's a powerful being. I don't know. He found Zeno. I don't know what happened. He found Zeno in the volcano. Exactly. uh, Yeah, I mean. And and hopefully he didn't have to pay for all that shit. Did you ever, uh, did you ever, when you were young and dumb and wondering about all that? The weed? Well, not the weed, uh, but did you ever like pick up like Dianetics or anything and and explore what the hell that 
all One is all time, about? I didn't, but I was like, what the fuck with the, <laughs> the um, Scientologist? Yeah, I was curious. It's more like that. And so I gave the number a call <clears throat> and it was like, God dang, leave me alone. Like, I just wanted to know, like, yeah. This free counseling session sounded kind of intriguing. Yeah, and, it, and, and it, at the very core base, it is intriguing. And it it's like, oh, and, and I think that there are certain tenets of the early on stages of Scientology that are are not bad because they're basically facets of psychology and, and, and psychiatry is all they are. It's just they kind of stole them and called them something different over there. But then you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And like, Oh, you told and us all this me, shit. Yeah, made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. I couldn't, I could no. never even do the meeting. No. I'm like, you know, no. I'm so busy. I was, uh, I was, I don't know, like 25, 26. I, I, I read the, I, I tried to read the book. Uh, I did the audio. I downloaded the audio book. I was, I had just moved to Wichita and I think I was curious about it. Not that I really wanted to join. I was just more like, what is this all about? Cause all you and hear like Kirstie yeah. Alley was yeah. in Wichita. Yeah. Kirstie Alley's house is there. Scientology center is right next door. And I'm like, literally okay. it is. Yeah. I'm just like, what is this? So I never like went there, but I, I tried to down to listen to Dianetics cause I was just reading on the internets of, you know, 2004 or five. Like, oh, that's where they people start to kind of get a better understanding. And I read it and I was like, what the fuck was that? And it wasn't like in a good way either. I was just like, okay, no, this is a bridge too far for me. Um, and then just like learning, you know, you educate yourself a little bit about the guy. And he's this fucking loon that wrote all these like science fiction novels and then created a religion. <laughs> But basically yeah. incorporated his science fiction novels and people I, I uh, yeah I don't yeah I don't know I mean I can say I get it but I, I at a certain point you got to go what the fuck am I doing but I don't know that's don't uh, even get me started on that shit. I know that's I love the Leah Remini show uh, about it because it's just yeah anyway uh, 855-853-4802 is uh, our phone number let's go to caller hi you're on the air Hi, um, so I'm the mother that had called previously in regards to her daughter, um, and there's actually been a couple episodes on her, um, just knowing things that she should not, and how it began at an early age that she saw people, and then this person started coming to her in her dream, and then my daughter started having some health issues. We have taking, taken her, um, you guys have done the last update on how I was taking her to doctors and then we were getting second opinions um that sort of thing um we have also seen um uh, you, you know just to help with mental health um just for l i'm going to call her l um and if you go back in the back in the beginning i'm sure you know her name but l we'll just say l um we you know also kind of touch lightly um in that aspect not only with you know, with her initially, and then um, other doctors, we've also got second opinions. They have diagnosed her um, with a very uh, simple bout of um, what you consider GERD, uh, the gastric reflux disease. Um, we are, you know, addressing that. Um, and just taking it step by step, just to make sure that's not it, rolling it out. Um, it seems as though she's doing better. She's cut some, she's cut the meat out of her diet. 
Um, so, you know, eating a little bit differently, following a better plan, all that sort of thing has taken, you know, some, I don't think, I don't believe it was ever anxiety and perhaps it was internalized trauma or anxiety just because, you know, the way she knew the things that she knew was through this girl, number one, she was very comfortable with this girl from the beginning um, and her energy and also being able to see things. Um, I never thought that as anxiety. And then one day I just did. And that's why we addressed it in other issues in other ways and spoke with her and again, uh, professional, uh, mental health professional. Um, but the things that she knows when she tells me things, you know, there's some things I can tell you, some things I cannot. When I have asked her, you know, why are the things that you cannot tell me? Is it because, you know, it's something negative and so bad or that, that you're being told? The main thing is, are you being told not to tell me? And she's like, no. What She's like, some things I know I shouldn't tell you just because, you know, even if you tried to change them, you could not, even if it's something minute. But in changing them, it would change a bigger picture. I guess kind of like the butterfly effect. And, you know, I kind of explain that aspect to her because she is now older. Um, this did begin at an early age that she, she has seen this lady for a while, but she's seen other things her entire life, what she would call the gray people. Um, but anyway, um, we're dealing with everything. She still has the dreams. She still has the premonitions. She can tell me, hey, you need to buy this small appliance. And I'm like, why would I do that? We have the small appliance already. And she's like, okay, I'm just telling you. Um, and then a few days later, it'll go out. And she's like, I told you, you should have bought that small appliance because, you know, it's, it was going to go out. I just knew it was. Um, so, you know, there's, you're, there, it is a blessing and it's a curse. When, it's, when you see other people do it and you, I said, I've talked to a dear friend that kind of understands this as an outlet for myself and the other members of my family because it involves this all. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you see other people do it, it's like, oh, that's such a blessing because it brings such peace to other people's families, um, even though it's hard for them sometimes to hear things. But when it's your own daughter, it's like, you know, you don't want people thinking she's crazy or doubting her, and then you don't want her thinking the same thing. And I'm so blessed that God has made her so confident in herself. She's the most confident person in the world. And I think that's it's almost the degree, the degree that she's clocky. And I've always said that. But I don't know. You know, I think he needed to make her that way so that she could be confident enough to say, no, this, you know, I've got to shut this down or, yeah, I need to hear this and I can hear this and I'm capable of hearing this. And I, I hope that's it. I pray that's it. Um, I'm just trusting God on this one um, and praying about it and but, again, I do appreciate you guys so much because it's such a nice outlet to be able to speak in regard to something that is obviously not a lot lot subject, nor, you know, there's a lot of judgment that comes with it. So I appreciate it more than you will ever know. Thank you, everyone, from Carol to Tony and everyone that has not said. I appreciate you guys all listening and just your input. Thank you so much. Speaking of small appliances, the other day, Harper, we, we were at the <laughs> store, and she's like, oh, my God, Dad, 
we have to get the Ronco Showtime rotisserie. I said, honey, <laughs> why would we need to get the Ronco Showtime rotisserie? Dad, we just need to get it. Trust me on this. We need to get it. Like, honey, we, we, why? Like, do it, dad. And she got really kind of like her voice almost started sounding like it was almost like two tone. It was like, it was like, do it, dad. You need to get the Ronco Showtime rotisserie. It's like, honey, this is such out of character for you. And, and like, you're going to like make people look at us. We're here in Target. We're just trying to pick up a couple things. Showtime rotisserie. The, the depths, depths of, of hell call you to get, get the Ronco Showtime Rotisserie. Father, you will. Like, okay, hon, we'll get the Showtime Rotisserie. Which was just another day in the life of you and Harper. It's great. She's like, thank you, Daddy. I'm glad we can have roast chicken now. You're, I love you're, it so much. Said, you are welcome, honey. I love you very much. I love you too, Father. <laughs> and her head spun around and she went back and she was happy. We had some uh, nice herb baked chicken and uh, it was a lovely evening. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had to put some light oh, on it. Oh, <laughs> Tony. Um, okay, so back to the woman who called. Um, I do want to say I'm very glad that she called because when she called a while back, um, the first time that I remember her calling in, um, she was talking about her daughter and, and both you and I were like, she needs to go see a doctor yeah. because she had some medical issues. So I'm really glad that they did that. And that whole stomach GERD thing, mm -hmm. I can relate to that because I got similar issues myself. I had to quit eating meat a very long time ago and it was life changing. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people just, just can't digest it. Yeah. And, you know, and it really makes a huge difference on what you eat if you're someone like for me. Yeah. But that doesn't explain the other shit that was going on with her. You know, so it was really like two separate issues. And, you know, it's almost like it's interesting because we were just talking about Teresa Caputo and the Uber psychic guy. Um, but it'd be interesting if you could, if you had someone like them, like someone you knew who legit had that ability mm -hmm. and they could talk to her. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be like, you know, just for the mom to go. How do you parent, number one? How do you parent a child who's, like, telling you things about people who have passed and weird things they shouldn't know about? Yeah, I mean, How I, do you parent that you, child? You listen. I get, You just kind of let them do their thing. And, and you listen, and you don't discount it. And, I mean, some things that you can act on, some you kind of just got to let go. But, I mean, it, it's, it's almost, you know, and, and it's a totally different situation. But it, it's almost like how someone has to deal with a, a loved one that may be suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. You can't sit there and argue with them and tell them that this is not what you're feeling or having. Or, and, you know, yeah. so it's like, just let them do their thing and they'll be okay. And usually with kids. That's a weird analogy, but it, yet it really works. Yeah. Because, you know, people are always trying to correct those people yeah. like, no, that yeah. did not happen, Grandma. And, or no, yeah. Grandma, that happened in 1950. Grandpa's been dead for yeah. 50 years. And it's like, to so, Grandma, that 
She, he's still yeah. here. If she's you sitting there and go with her. If she's sitting there thinking he's in the other room fixing a drink and he's going to walk out that door, why do you need to take it upon yourself to remind her that he died 50 years ago? It's yeah. like, I mean, I'd be the biggest asshole old person if my kids were doing that to me. I'd be like, thank you for making my day shit. I couldn't just sit here and feel that for a little bit or think that, no, you had to remind me. Do you feel better about yourself now for doing that? Thanks. Then no one will ever visit yeah, me. Yeah, I heard a, a story once about a woman whose mother had uh, brain trauma. Yeah. Like there was an, a car accident or yeah. something. It was this weird short-term memory circle of memory. Yeah. And she's like, every day I have to tell her that her, yeah. my dad died. Mm-hmm. And every day she goes through this. And I'm like, why are you telling her that? Why aren't you just telling her you know what? He went for coffee. He's going to be back in just a little bit. Just let her think it. Yeah. Let her think it. Why not? Why are you telling her she's that in a ha- every day? She's That's in a happier cool. place. I know. It, it is. It's just like, let's keep bringing everybody down to the reality that I'm living in. It's like, and you know what? Great. You get to do that. But you know what? They're old now. And probably at one point in their life, they had to be in your shoes too and be the one that was strong for the other person. How about you take that fucking note and try and be strong for the other person and just let them go along with it? I know. And so for a child with that ability, you know, I don't think I would want to be startled by it. Like I wouldn't want to be like, oh my God, what'd you just say? You watch the behavior and if it continues for too long or something or turns into an issue, then yeah, I mean, look at talking to somebody. But in most cases, this stuff passes with children in 99% of the cases. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Obviously, Teresa Caputo and the seatbelt psychic guy didn't. Exactly. I mean, you just watch it. And if it does continue, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. I mean, unless you're looking at something where there is something that is truly a mental illness going on and not something else. But that's where you just kind of got to look at it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but it may, like after hearing that phone call, I actually feel much better. Because at first, I remember the the one time she called, mm-hmm. I was like, both you and I were like, please take her to a doctor. You yeah. need to start ruling stuff out because she was having real problems. Yeah. And so, I mean, that diagnosis isn't exactly pleasant. Yeah. Um, I should know, but um, it's manageable. Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I hate a child to be diagnosed with something like that. Kids should be able to go eat whatever they want to eat. Exactly. But it it is a nice skill to be able to uh, command uh, that mom gets a specific small appliances. I have another incident the other day. We were at, uh, we were in um, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. And I was like, hey, Harp, look at that. She's like, that. I, the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldova, combined you to buy that Snuggie. And I was like, Harper, it's just, it's a Snuggie, but command me. From me, a child that I must live again. A child? I mean, a Snuggie. I need a Snuggie. A Snuggie? A Snuggie. On a mountain of skulls in the castle of pain, I sat on a throne of blood. What was will be. What will be no more. Now is the season, season of, of evil. evil. Uh, can we just check out and use this like $5 off coupon harp? Is that okay? <laughs> Death, Death is but a doorway. Time is but a window. Snuggies are forever. It's like, okay, we're going to use a coupon and we're going home. Stop with this shit, honey. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm seriously crying because... 
You know oh, what I get? You know, you know, I, I, was, I laugh so hard. I um, was uh, I was quoting uh, the because I thought this the sound effect <laughs> reminded me so much of Vigo in Ghostbusters Two, the creepy guy that comes out of the painting, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna go find some Vigo quotes, and we're gonna attribute them to Harper Harper buying a Snuggie because that's just the natural progression of how things work. <laughs> oh, I love the way your brain works. Oh, sometimes it just kills me. <laughs> It's creepy when Harper takes on the uh, the personality of a Carpathian warlord. Uh, it's uh, it, it it happens. I mean, it's uh, it's a just another day in the life at the Brewski. It's house. what happens when you're a single dad. It just happens. <laughs> That's uh, gonna wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com/slash Real Ghost Stories, and uh, you'll help keep the show afloat and get all the bonus materials as well. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.